Ready? One, two, one, two. Bounce with me. Bounce with me. Bounce with me. One, two, one, two. Mega Man. Yo, 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 Mega Man. <laughs> <laughs> Bad raps done worse. <laughs> Much worse. I like I like a game where I jump in the air. Uh. That's what I told you the other day. <laughs> Words. They flow like butter. That's the worst rap I could come up with in short notice. My name is Mega Man, and I cannot lie. <laughs> oh. Welcome to Rhythm and Pixels. We're a video game music podcast. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm rapping bad now. Every week we listen to great video game music from all consoles and all generations. We pick a topic. We pick some music. We talk about the games. We talk about the music. We talk about the composers. We talk about everything in between. And that's what the show's about. I hope you enjoy it. And we'll see you next week. (laughs) Have a good night. Have a good night. Good fight. Good night. Um, I missed that show. Yeah. As corny as it was, it was fun. Celebrity deathmatch. You're like, what the heck is he talking about? Oh, that's right. That was all claymation, like really like like silly claymation. I used to watch that stuff. It was good. It was okay. That was a prime era (laughs) for just like absurd humor. I wouldn't have that enthusiastic. It was good, but it was all right. I had fun. Well, I mean, death battles are good, though. Admittedly, death battles are way better. Mm. Are you familiar with those? Celebrity... No, not celebrity. That's Nothing the only celebrity. one I remember. Yeah, that's the only one I remember. Death battles are... Yeah. There's a thing that... I don't know who created it, but it's like an online like video series mm-hmm. where people... Well, these people will take two fictional characters and pit them against each other to, in a fight to the death. Mm-hmm. But here's the rub, though. They are really into it. So they run equations uh, and theorems based on like their greatest feats. I'm like, okay, so for example... like. One of my favorite ones that came out too long ago was like Popeye the Sailor Man versus the One Punch Man. Wow. And everybody that I knew that heard it was coming out was like, oh, clearly One Punch Man. I was like, no, it's Popeye. And they're like, what are you talking about? Why would it be Popeye? I'm like, have you not watched Popeye? Like the things Popeye was able to do once he ate spinach. It's very different. It's, it's, he has tune. It's basically, it's called the Tune Force. When you think <laughs> has tune force, the tune force essentially allows you to defy laws, mm-hmm. to just to pull random feats of even beyond the typical. I'm going to charge up as Goku, like so, like things like like Saitama, who's the guy in One Punch. He can like punch really. Fa- he can knock out aliens with one punch and block beams with his fists and stuff. Weird, yeah, jump he's like super that. strong, right? Yeah, but but Popeye, he ate a can of spinach. And when God said, no, I'm turning off your universe, he went to God and said, no, you're turning it back on by punching him and turning the universe back on. He, um, he also could, like, pick up, I, th- I remember he picked up, like, an entire steamboat or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. he done, like, Or maybe it was, like, a warship. But, like, yeah, he's, he probably did both. Yeah, I'm sure he did both. Like, he's, honestly, he's run back and forth through time I loved, on spinach. I loved that it was all about, like, he eats spinach, so he's super strong. But spinach always came from, like, a nasty old can. Yeah, but that's how you know it's well-preserved. <laughs> so so Popeye's well-preserved. <laughs> even, yeah, like, even though he smokes. Oh, yeah, that cop kite. Which I never understood a, pro- how a product of its time. A product of its time. Oh, yeah. But, like, I, <laughs> but I, think I, I just like... That when it actually aired and then it ended, people were like, this is bull. No way Popeye can win. I'm like, I told you. They they went over all of that at so, the beginning of the episode. Yeah, car- cartoon Popeye, not Robin Williams Popeye. Oh, well, technically Robin Williams Popeye would technically count too because they're all Popeye. Okay. They're all Popeye and Popeye is all of us. We are going to get into live action cartoon movies sooner than you know it. 
dun, 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 on today's show. Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. Um, today's show is all about gambling. A- actually, no, it's so it's a casino game. I realize I made a blunder. You made a but bl- I couldn't retract it. A uh, b- 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 blunder. Uh, yes, right. Wow. So I told Rob the reason why originally it was going to be gambling. Yeah, Rob. Well, Rob, just say it. Where? What did you do recently? I was just in Las Vegas, but for a conference. Okay, so yeah. Rob was in Vegas just just after Evo. The, the the Street Fighter Championships, but I was at a Packer convention. Yeah, so he went out there, and my brain was like, Vegas. He's in Vegas. This is a topical joint. We can go with you know gambling. That's where my brain went. But when I said gambling, what mm-hmm. I was actually thinking was dice. Okay, I mean that's fine. That all works. It all get me wrong. It works. It's just there's going to be some different <laughs> choices. Did you pick some? Was that what's that game called? Devil Dice. Every game I chose involves, except for one, because I was like, I'll throw a bone because I or screwed it up. Dice room from uh, uh, Gunstar Heroes for the Genesis. I should have, but nope. That was a cool. That's a, that, that soundtrack's crazy though, man. Oh yeah, it's really off the wall. It's a treasure classic. Yes, it is for a reason too. No, so. I find I, I'm not interested in gambling. Even in, like in gambling video games, it's not something I'm super interested in. In board games, however, when there's like a wagering aspect for like initiative or wagering against certain components of the game to be like you go first or you do this to get like priority over this or that, I love that because then you're. I feel like it's another level of competition between players. But when you're wagering on a ball spinning around a wheel. Oh, that's to, not to make far. money. I just I'm not interested in that stuff. And honestly, Vegas makes me really sad. It's not. Trust me, it's not just Vegas. Yeah. I mean, Vegas I is just over, the king yeah. of it. This is the king of it. I just happen to be like in the middle of it. Because for me, yeah. gambling, I'm sort of like what you just said, but it's a little bit more over to, in the sense of like not hating it overall. Like, I don't like gambling at casinos. I've done it once. I lost two hundred dollars in fifteen minutes, and I spent all night winning it back and then some on like one of the crappiest but most possible bets you can make. Yeah, and I never gambled again because I hate it. <laughs> yeah, that's a waste of time. It was a waste of time. Now, video game gambling, I love it mm. so long as the in-game prizes are worth it. Okay. So like a lot of RPGs will have a casino where you can get some of oh, the I best see, weapons see, and stuff. If it's if it's like a game within a game and it's like you do this. To, okay, I see. I know it not like I'm uh, not playing well, I guess Casino Kid, did they have a story? I think so, yeah. I think some of the a lot of these do. I'm, I'm, I think we'll talk about that later on in the show too. <laughs> um, so I did watch some playthroughs of some of these games. My brother used to be really into like Caesar's Palace for the PlayStation and stuff like that. And we used to play that. I had some like poker games on the PC. Like way back in the early '90s, that I used to be really into. But I feel like that's a card game, you know. And, and in the there's and, actual rules, and, and there's rules, and like yeah, and the characters would have animations, and you can try to see if they're bluffing or not. I thought that was always kind of cool. Yeah, that's the thing. Like a yeah. lot of casi- casi- casino games aren't all quote unquote bad. They do stack the deck against you mm-hmm. by making it so you can't count cards and stuff. But I believe personally that unless the casino is actively cheating, blackjack and poker, for example, are actually games. You can go there, sit at the table with a drink, and just kind of casually play. Win, maybe lose, whatever. Chances are you're not going to beat the bank, though, because they do do things when things get weird. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 interesting that, like, it's a, it's a series of games for the, for the for the casino, like actual casino video games, like Casino Kid mm-hmm. and Vegas Stakes and stuff like that, where it's just like it's a compilation of these games. And the goal, I'm assuming, would be to earn a certain amount of money to – advance to another casino and like that's just the whole game right it's like a those those uh, uh, super nintendo pachinko games 
where it's like you're just watching the balls go, but it's still a Super Nintendo game. I just remembered something. Let me Super write this down before I forget because I want to look this up when I get back. You're home. looking. Uh, There's a game that came out in the last month or two. Yeah, it's called Card Sharks, and it is. It takes place. Oh. I want to say in like the 70s or yeah, something. Yeah, you're supposed to like cheat and stuff. Like you're yeah you're in the casino trying to make it to a certain point. And there's a whole narrative behind it, yeah. and like at one point like it's like you like pick pockets. And like, watch out for people who are trying to cheat you at the table and stuff. It's I've heard really good things. Yeah, yeah I followed Devolver and on Twitter, and like they were they were really pushing that game, and it looked really interesting. Like Devolver's on fire. They yeah, they very they really rarely put out junk. <laughs> very rarely. Very rarely. All right, hey, Devolver, give us free stuff. <laughs> we're gonna start our episode. I'm gonna start. I'm just gonna jump into the music. Are you ready for this, Pranel? I don't know. Sega Game Gear. Cripes. World I- Derby. What did I do to deserve this? Unknown composer. <laughs> this is a game that is menus upon menus upon menus of statistics wow. and pictures of horses. This is World Derby Background Music 6 for the Sega Game Gear. Do they at least let you watch the horses race? No. <laughs> oh, my God. This is Japan only horse racing. You never see them horses race. This is on the Game Gear. <laughs> <laughs> this one. Oh yeah so the first thing i thought about when this started playing was keep in mind i never owned a game gear so i don't have exposure to the most of the music in it this reminded me of what i would hear on a neo geo pocket yeah i think there's similar similar sound chips and that there's similar a number of voices and it's only square waves and the um the noise channel it's the game gear i think had very similar to the the, the sound chip of the sega master system Okay. If not the exact same thing, which was built into the Sega Genesis. And that makes it, I could also picture this in like a Sega Master System game yeah. too. Although the drum beat's really like, it's got like a good syncopation on the second half of the track where like it's got a little like break beat in between. And oddly enough, the only games whose OSTs I've heard on the Master System are Fantasy Star 1, Sky Castle, and I know that bop, and Alex Kidd. Oh, okay. So, and yeah, I can totally hear like a similarity in that to this. So yeah, it's, it's, it's really nice. Yeah, so this, again, this is, um, what's it called? Derby, uh, blah, blah, blah. World Derby for the Sega Game Gear. An unknown composer. Again, the whole game is in Japanese. Mm-hmm. So during the credit sequence, I couldn't figure out who <laughs> the name was what. So that's okay. This is Background Music 6. Again, the, 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 
they weren't really labeled, so this could be during. I have no idea what this is during. But <laughs> this is all menus. The, the playthrough on YouTube is all menu systems. That just freaks me out there because I mean, to me, the most the thing that makes a horse racing game special is watching the horses and having the tension of waiting to see which horse is going to run up, come up in the end. Like, there's that mini game from Adventures of the Myst- Legend of the Mystical Ninja from the Super Nintendo that I used to play a, a ton of. Where you would go to, it was, I think the only place you could play it was on stage three, the amusement park. But you'd go into the booth, the guy said, you want to bet on some races? And you're like, sure. And it's like, you can choose the spread across the horses you want to bet on and how many shares you want to put on the bets. And then once you're comfortable, you push that button and all the horses go out the gate. They take one lap and they come to the end. It's like, who won the race? Oh my God, it's Red Biscuit. <laughs> Red Biscuit. Because obviously they don't have yeah, names, but you yeah. give them names. It gets you into it. Like there's, There was that horse racing game they used to have at Dave & Buster's. Where oh, that thing was amazing to watch people play. Yeah, it was like you're you're like taking care of a horse, and you're, you got a stable of them, and then you watch them all go. And like, I think that's the most exciting part of this. But think this. Well, the thing the, is, like, I feel like there was a little more, because I remember... Like when the races were happening, I remember people smacking the button like yeah, it was wildfire. Maybe yeah. they were the jockeys, or maybe it's <laughs> maybe it's for the jockeys, or maybe it's like when you're in an elevator and you're just like hitting the button because it goes faster, but it doesn't go faster. Well, like, do you remember the atmosphere they used to have? It was just like a smoking coffin. Yes, people were just lining the machines, putting out cigars, <laughs> and drinking scotch, and just like managing horses. I haven't been to Dave and Buster's in a, in a very long time. Now, maybe not since my, my bachelor party. Which, my, yes, my bachelor party was at Dave & Buster's. Hey, it was a fun time. Which is great. I played Pump It Up, and I think they had a, they had a cabinet that had uh, the Rockman um, uh, battles on it. Yeah, I remember you, you were showing me that. I was like, I've never seen this before. I'm glad one of us remembers that. I must have been liquored. Yeah, I certainly was. <laughs> never doing that again. <laughs> but, like, I, miss, I sometimes miss those days because back when I used to play Pump Up at Dave & Buster's, one hand it was terrible in the sense they had to pay for parking, and it was a decent trip into Philly. But the positive was that when you were there on the right nights, people would buy you drinks. Like, yeah. Oh, this guy's good. Here's what do you want you drink, man? Rum and Coke. Here, have a rum and Coke. Oh, wow, thanks. I know, but I've I've seen like on Twitter and on Discord people playing like like recording themselves playing on public machines, like trying to get a score, and just like just horrible things happen with people messing with them. Oh, you know the story happened around. to me. Yeah. You want to talk about it? Sure. But I'm, <laughs> uh, first thing is you said yeah. Like, do you remember what I'm talking about? No. <laughs> so, but I'm sure I will once you start talking and telling it. So I was down in uh, the Baltimore area years ago at with a friend, my one friend, Anthony. And we were playing at Dave & Buster's down there, playing Pump It Up. And these guys were there with their girlfriends mm. walking around being just jerk bags. And, of course, what people love to do is show off in front of girls to make mm. themselves look like big shots. And for some reason, the thing that seems to work is picking on people that you think are beneath you which they thought was me. So the first thing they did was the whole, hey, look at me, I'm stepping in place. And I'm like, I don't care, I'm not paying attention. I'm having fun. So then after a couple of bits of that and me not, them not getting my attention, one guy, because I can watch out the corner of my eye, he came up and tried to sweep me off the machine while I was playing it. Ooh. So I jumped in the air and came down hard on his foot. Like, stomped it. So he's like, like, and I was like, he's like, what the heck? He started cursing. What the heck, man? You want to go? And I'm like, yeah, I want to go. What are you going to do? Because <laughs> at that point, you can't de-escalate that. It's already gone up the nuclear. And I'm sitting there like, I'm about to get the crap beat out of me. I can't take these guys like that. So out of nowhere, these two huge military dudes walk up behind me. He's like, you messing with our friend? <laughs> and they were like, eh, whatever. I, I, got I do remember this. I don't remember that last part. But and yeah, they, yeah. yeah, they walked away. And I looked. I was like, man. 
just saved the crap out of me. Thank you so much. It's like, don't worry about it. We saw what they were doing. That junk's not cool. And they started asking about the game, and we started playing it. Yeah. But, I, and that's I, also why I never go down here to play Pump It Up. I, I never went back. I just, I, I really dislike people and not people in general. I just dislike like what 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 people get drawn to those places and what they'll do. So I'm really happy to have a be playing at home from now on. Or like that's just I'm we, okay with. We it. have round one now. That, that stuff happens at round one too. I've gone. I mean, I'm not going to say it doesn't. <laughs> I'm going to say I've never seen it happen at round one, and I go there a lot. Wow, oh, that's true. Okay. It's more of a family play. That's the difference. David yeah, Buster's is more, not a family play. Yeah, they're, they're not serving like alcohol like crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, they serve alcohol, but not like the mixed not, drinks. Not like that. Just, yeah. Like freaking watered down bud. Yeah. So I'm, I'll am i take that. Yeah. Overcharged, too. I remember uh, last time I was there, I was like, wow. Not, oh, they, not they, buy, I'll just have a Coke, please. <laughs> yeah, they absolutely price it up. <laughs> I'll have a Coke. All right. Um, what's your first? So you did dice games or well, just actually, dice I, in general? This is one game, the closest I've got to like a casino game on here. Most, I said, no, it's not the closest. No, it is. Yeah, because I had tracks that I ultimately so chose not to pick. Um, so this track comes from a game that, spoiler alert, is going to end up on my uh, Summer Games Challenge list as well. So just get that out there for you. Um, this comes from the game Alundra, and this is the theme to the casino bar. And it was composed by Kohei Tanaka, a name that I had to look up despite the fact that he's actually in the game under his actual name. So I'm kind of ashamed of myself. He's a that. character in the game. He put himself in the game oh, as I love a character. That. Yeah, okay, he wasn't like just in the credits. He was like actually a character. He runs the sound room in one of the houses. You can go up there and, <laughs> and like, he unlocks music as you play the game. He's like, I hope you like my compositions. Oh, that's cute. Welcome back. <laughs> You're listening to Seinfeld at the end there. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm just. Had... Um, the other thing to the casino bar theme from the game Alundra on the PlayStation, mm. um, composed by Kohei Tanaka. So, I'll talk about the actual experience of playing the game when I eventually talk about this on the Summer Games Challenge. But the contents of this actual episode, so. You pretty much access this place by way of finding a bar on the coastline where mm. a number of people from your shipwrecked ship set up shop. Uh, they make <laughs> Say that five times. <laughs> <laughs> set up shop. shop, shop. Um, 
So when you show up there, initially they're making fun of you, saying you're a kid, you can't have liquor, you can only drink milk and whatever. But if you do a specific thing in the game before the game disallows you to do so, you can find a secret pass, which allows you access to the casino. They'll start treating you like an adult yeah. because you have this pass. Giving you access to the basement where all the games of chance are played. Funny enough, this is one of the only games where there's like a mini-game casino where the majority of the games are actually skill-based. Uh, there's an archery challenge. There's a monster-killing challenge. And then there's the one that made me say, screw this, I'm not going to get all 50 Gilded Falcons on this run. And that is roulette. It is literally playing a roulette machine. So there's like, there's like a fight these battles and do this and do that. And then there's just a roulette wheel. A roulette wheel. And I would wager there has to be a pattern or something that you can pull off on it because you have to win that game five times in a row. In a row. To get the Gilded Falcon statue for that game. And without there being an actual discernible pattern, that would be impossible. So when I say win it five times, I mean... Win it once, twice, three, four, five. That's once. Once, two, three, four, five is twice. You have to pretty much like run through these like weird sequences. So I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing that. So you looked it up online? No, I said I'm not getting these Falcons. <laughs> I just said <laughs> you I looked told it myself, up online. I look, I'll look it up online. I had no desire to. I was like, I'll you know, FAQ it. This is me trying to get through a summer games challenge. I just want to experience the conclusion of yeah, the game. Yeah, uh, I see. And also, it was one of those rewards for getting all fifty. Where I was like, wow, this cool thing that I'll never use because I'm at the last dungeon, so I don't have time for that. I got to move on. I see. Still satisfying experience. This track though made the other two challenges a ton of fun. Yeah, this is really cool. Playing. Now, uh, this this is where this is where it gets really hot right here. Get zazzy. Yeah. Everything's like kind of dark, dark and funky, and then it turns into casino land. <laughs> it's like a, this is the real casino S night zone. Step right up and spin the wheel, and then it gets kind of funhouse, like a little spooky. <laughs> right here. Going broke, bankrupt. Go. <laughs> you just sold the kidney. <laughs> <laughs> you sold a kidney. Come on back. <laughs> but like, I. I loved this game. Mm -hmm. I'll talk like I said, I'll talk about it more later, but this this track was a surprise this is bop. Good. Yeah, I'm really like good it. OST. Yeah. I could see wanting like it, it making the 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 process of being in this area for a long period of time a little bit more bearable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's really cool. Because you will spend time. <laughs> if you want to get all the stuff, you're gonna be there. This, this bass right here has got so much reverb on it. It's so interesting. Is that why you say it has like a Seinfeld vibe to it? No, 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 no. Just this, just, just this part right here. But in between, from the uh, after that little Vegasy part, uh -huh. with the little kick drum going. <laughs> but this part right here, with the it has all this reverb on it. It's a super echoey. Here it comes again. Yeah, it's kind of cool. It's just it sounds like someone singing, but or a piano. I don't know, like a, a weird synthy piano. <laughs> Here we are back again. I tell you, this is this. Is, I like the whole song, but when this part kicks, I'm like, yeah, I'm in it. I'm excited, especially if you're in the middle of like the fighting, the monster fighting challenge. And this part kicks, like, in it, energy, kick, kick, kick. It changes like the how the, the feeling of that whole fight. I'm sure. Yeah, this is a good time. Okay, do you remember? You know the Flintstones. They have a. Gay old time. A gay old time. They 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 have lots of fun with dinosaurs in a dinosaur world. Okay, mm -hmm. you remember the movie they made? The one that had John was it John Goodman? It had John who Goodman Fred? who played Fred and Barney Rubble was played by um, the guy from Honey I Shrunk the Kids. Was it Rick Moranis? Yeah, Rick Moranis. Yeah. Well, they made a sequel to that movie. 
Okay. Was it? Wasn't that like the Viva Rock Vegas? Yeah, it was well, I thought that was the animated movie. That no, was a live action. It was movie? live action. It was called uh, the Flintstones Viva Rock Vegas. Barney Rubble was played by Stephen Baldwin. <laughs> That's a weird choice. Uh, Wilma Flintstone was Kristen Johnston from Third Rock from the Sun. Betty Rubble, Jane Krakowski, which I, that's awesome. Jane Krakowski, she played Jenner, Jenner Maroney on 30 Rock. Okay. And she was also in um, uh, The Unbeatable Kimmy Schmidt. She's, she's really, really funny. Oh, yeah, I've seen her. I think she was a – she played in – I also want to say she was in, like, Ally McBeal. The guy who played Fred, Mark Addy, I don't know that guy. I don't know how he got in that. I don't know who that is at all. But then some of the supporting actors, go. Thomas Gibson – from Dharma and Greg and you know, Criminal Minds. You know the best part? You're naming these names. I would wager 70% of ours is like, who the, what the heck is Dharma and Greg? <laughs> Dharma, well, Criminal Minds was on for like 12 years. Dharma and Greg, maybe two. I don't know. But I remember Dharma and Greg. I had a long run. That yeah, pretty long, long run. But Alan Cumming. But anyway, I was really surprised because there was a, uh, an adaptation to this game for the Dreamcast. For the Viva Rock Vegas? For v- or Flintstones, Viva Rock Vegas... And that's it, a track you picked. And it was unreleased. <laughs> oh, the game never came out. The game never came out, but it was on the Dreamcast. So I don't know who did the music for it. This is track number five. It is a, it is a wonderful kart racer, Pernell. <laughs> <laughs> what? So that, is that what the game was meant to be? Yeah, the game. But the game is a kart racer based on a movie where they go to Vegas. Oh, oh, and somehow I, I know it can't be true, but if you look up the wiki to this movie, it said it came out in two thousand one. A complete box office like bomb. It lost like forty million dollars, and they say that this is this is the wiki anyway says that this is why Hanna Barbera was bought by Warner Brothers because of this movie. because this movie like tanked and lost so much money. Man, I kind of want to watch it now. It makes me wonder how made him think it was going to succeed in the first place. Stephen Baldwin in the year like 1999, 2000, disgusting, gross, <laughs> gross human being. I mean, I'm I'm assuming maybe he still is, but um, anyway, that's my opinion. We're gonna listen to track number five from the Flintstones in Viva Rock Vegas. You'll have a groove. Unreleased game time. with an unknown composer for the Sega Dreamcast. Viva Rock Vegas. Yeah. Christ.
Mm, this is a good track. This is a smooth track from from the Flintstones in Viva Rock Vegas. And Viva un- Rock Vegas. I'm sure. I'm sure there's a version of that song in this movie. I cannot wait to watch it. <laughs> so you're officially going to watch it. If I can find it, I'm sure it's somewhere out there. It's um, This is an unreleased game for the Sega Dreamcast, an unknown composer. This is just track number five that I was able to, to locate. This is a, a surprisingly smooth soundtrack. It has like a Sega quality to it. It's, it feels like Ridge Racer, but mixed with like those marimbas from a Hanna-Barbera cartoon. Uh-huh. I, I wonder if that's what they were going for. It's a cool... Just cool. racing to this track is where I'm throwing. But then again, it might not be a race track. It could be a menu theme or like maybe a story sequence where like they're trying to pay off Barney's debt. <laughs> I don't think so. There were tracks that that were like like shorter story sequences that had a beginning and an end. And this definitely loops and it feels like racing music. Boop, 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 boop. I could be, I mean, I don't know. It could be Enter Your Name. Enter, you did well. Enter Your Name. <laughs> Purnell, you rapping good. Enter Pern- Your Name. You mean Purnell Stone. And you're like, okay, uh, P. Or is it Pernell Rock? E L. Oh, darn it, backwards. Back. What's the word? Rub. 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 rub, rub. Okay, P. E. Wait, I only have six letters. I can e, use. E. I gotta rub that. Nope. Oh, you're P now. That's just the letter. That's it. But yeah, like I, I don't know. I feel like when it comes to racing track, racing games, I'm okay with lighter theme music, like light-hearted music, mm-hmm. but. I need to have momentum still. Like, yeah, push. does this not have enough momentum for you? This is, I mean, this sounds good on its own right, mind yeah. you. But I see it for me for racing games. I need like that cruising music. I, I, there was um, there were there were outrun cabinets at the at the the convention I was at. Like some, like everyone had like different like ways to get people to come see their vendor booth. And this one guy, I don't know, maybe he had them at home or maybe he knew somebody who had them. They were outrun to SP tournament cabinets side by side. And I was like, wow, that's amazing because it's not only OutRun, it's 3D, has drifting and slipstreaming, all this other fun stuff that Sega racing games have. But it's got arranged versions of the original OutRun music in it, like Magical Sound Shower okay. and um, Last Wave, all that stuff. And, and all that is like this. It's like super smooth, you know, it's kind of... So, so you're saying it was, it's KBGM worthy? Yeah, I, I mean, for me, like, I need cruising music. I don't want like that... I don't, I don't need like you, you know. know what? I just went to add a little bit of scat. Is that a little big blue there? It was big blue. There it is. The scat dog. I'm the scat dog. I'm the scat falcon. Scat falcon. That's what I said. Scat dog. I don't know where that came from. I'm sure there's maybe there is one. F Zero Racer is beamed after a dog. I don't know. Uh, um, okay, so here's here's my here <laughs> here's my um, we have to make some predictions about the movie, right? So why they have to go to Rock Vegas because company uh, trip, Fred company trip. Fred Flintstone won an award, and they're taking them to Rock Vegas. I can see that. Um, and he's going there, and he loses everything at the tables when Barney Rebel's trying to get him out. Yes, um, that would be that's an actual that would be an actual plot for that show. Meanwhile, Betty and Wilma are actually are all, all, together on their own, having a night on the town, mm-hmm. and they uh, get trapped at the Hoover Dam. I'm sorry, the the Stoner Dam, the Stoner Dam, <laughs> the, the Hoover Stone Dam. It's got to have a cool. It's, it's got a bunch of dinosaurs, I'm sure, around it, and then um, it's a living. And then um, there's like a, a, a some evil person is trying to take advantage of Fred. No, no, Pebbles and Bam Bam. Fred Flintstone has weirdly good luck and no one knows why and these evil people are trying to take advantage of Fred and, and, uh, and, and Barney 
that would be also a, a genuinely valid plot, but that would also have to involve the Great Gazoo, and I'm sure he's not in the movie. You know, for this one, he might. And if we have just a little, if he just believed just a little bit, <laughs> we looked at the cast list. He's not in it. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, he was not in there. No, that was Alan Cummings. Alan Cummings played. The no, he did. <laughs> now you're just lying to me. Don't put, but don't give me hopes. The Great Gazoo was amazing. That was also when the show 100% jumped the shark. Like, okay, people don't need to see these guys live normal lives except in the Stone Age. We need to come up with something unique and special to get the show moving again. Let's add a weird alien that goes on crazy adventures with Fred Barney. The Great Kazoo. Or, Where'd he or, come from? Nobody or, knows. Or the crossover with the Jetsons. No, that was amazing. Now, did they did they do that live action? No, that was purely animated, was and animated? it was an amazing movie. It was a theatrical spectacle. People were excited. It was an event. It People got yeah, excited to go see this. It was an animated television event. Now they've never made a Jetsons live action, and and probably yes, they did. Did they? You pa- pause the show. We can look no, that no, up. we're not pausing. I'm gonna do this right now. Google. You, mean, you want to subject the listeners to our Google ship? Jetsons live action movie. I guarantee there was wrong. a live action movie. 1990 Jetsons live action adapt adaptation. Look at you. Look at you. I Look told you. you the cast. So far, the only known cast member that signed on for the project was Chevy Chase. Dun, dun, and dun. Chase. It was canceled. But the important part is, it was <laughs> in the works. It was canceled. I'll take what I know. It existed and it didn't make it. <laughs> well, briefly, it existed briefly. I'm gonna find some clips. Oh wait, but I'm not gonna because, because to I that. think that because this movie, Viva Rock Vegas, this the the Flintstones in Viva Rock Vegas they killed it. Probably did so horribly that there was no way they were ever gonna do a Jetsons live action. They did do a Josie and the Pussycats. I'm still waiting on the Jabberjaw. A Jabberjaw would be the joint. Or Jabberjaw. Jabberjaw joint. I don't know if I'd want to watch a Jabberjaw movie <laughs> just to watch that. Poor, poor robotic shark. Oh, actually, Robert. Oh, I'm sorry. It'd be a CGI shark. Uh, Robert Zemeckis is, um, is 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 set to direct the Jetsons live action TV show. Oh uh, wow! Here's something special. Robert Zemeckis is rebooting the Jetsons as a live action yeah. TV. Yeah, I, I just saw the same thing. Um, anyway, we we can go on and on about Mr. Spacely and Jetson. But it's the same thing with outright employee abuse in that darn show. Didn't didn't um, Fred Flintstone have a boss too? That was also me. That's a capitalist dream. That show was. They really just abused um, George Jetson throughout the show. He had him, in, he had him get you know, sneak into Cogswell's plant, get shrunk down by a shrink ray, and didn't even give him time off to find treatment. He was like, "Well, since you're already you know, incapacitated with your shrink state, go into the machines and figure out the secret to how they're constructed." You're the incredible shrunken employee. You'll make me millions. Like, <laughs> crap! It's a cartoon, but I think back on that show. I'm like, they really, they abused the crap out of George. They did. They did. They, poor man. That poor man. He was just. He just wanted to thrive in the future. They had flying cars, hovering houses. He, tons of. Sm- and also, did you know the dystopian truth about the Jetsons? Supposedly, the reason why they were up there anywhere is because the world below was in, in, you know, oh, unlivable. Yeah, it had to be. It was. Yeah, it was like a. Um, they did that in uh, not Blade Runner. They did that in the movie with Bruce Willis and um, Stone Runner. Yeah, featuring Fred Flintstone. <laughs> he was a replicant, but he was he was a rock. He was a golem. <laughs> All right, oh, uh, I'm done with these jokes. Move on to your next track. Da, 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 we're over. All right, so this track, actually, now we're getting to the, the area of the episode where I was like, this is the theme I'm going for. Okay. Um, this comes from the game Dicey Dungeons, which I swear I picked for this, but I couldn't find it on our list. So it's going to be weird if I'm picking the same track again. Um, but this is called Step Right Up, 
and is composed by Chipsel. Back. You're listening to Step Right Up 
mm. from the game Dicey Dungeons on a lot of platforms. Um, composed by Chipsel, who is, quite frankly, I'm not sure if she's still doing stuff because it's been a bit since I've heard from her. But she is one of the all-time greats she for me m- as far as like yeah. BGM composers of like the 2000s. Yeah, I know she still talks about music on Twitter, and she still like promotes like Dicey Dungeons and some of the updates that have come out. So maybe she's working on stuff that's like she just can't talk about yet. I guess that does make sense because yeah. we just got Reunion, which was an expansion mm-hmm. to Dicey Dungeons like two months ago, and she composed the music for that. It's so good. This is so good. This is probably my favorite track in the game. This is really good. I mean, when that saxophone comes in, that's <laughs> something else. It's... It's just fire. Like, I, it gets, this is what I'm talking about. Music that gets you, like, pumped. Like, you're in the battle. And due to the nature of how battles in this game take place, it's perfect. So, as I mentioned earlier in the episode, what I was intending to be for the theme was, like, just dice play. Like, mm-hmm. taking it, rolling the bones, going for broke. You know, all that, all the buzzwords you typically hear people say when they enjoy dice and they don't want to get their legs broke by Randy Newman. <laughs> um, so <laughs> the idea behind this game is that everybody, in the, all the characters you can play as are actually living dice. Like they're humans that were turned into dice mm-hmm. and you were placed in this dungeon run by Lady Luck and you're tasked with trying to succeed her dungeon exploration challenges and win the grand prize or whatever, which is basically like whatever your heart's desire, major wish. But obviously, it's a casino, and she's Lady Luck. The odds are not in your favor, which means you're basically you're meant to like die there or just be stuck in like a sense of sort of purgatory. Yeah. So you're walking around these dungeons, getting into battles, and whenever you get into a battle, it's all done with dice. Both you and the opponent are throwing dice to determine what numbers you have, and then you have to slot those numbers into cards that represent your attacks. And you have to have the right numbers to apply to the right cards. So, for example, you might have a card called like, uh, let me see, like, say, Spiked Shield, mm-hmm. where every even number on there adds to your t- is an attack power value, but every odd die number there is like a defense buff. So, if you roll a five, you get five defense. If you roll a six, you do six damage. Hmm. Or you might get one where it's like you roll five, you can roll one through five to determine damage. But if you roll a six, you'll do poison damage too. So, you're, but you're rolling yourself because you're you're you're. The person is a die, so you're rolling that guy. Oh no no no! The person themselves—that's this is so such a weird thing. The person <laughs> who's a die is also throwing die. <laughs> okay, so it's a little. Uh, it's real more dice on they, dice on dice. For all we know, those die could be deceased participants who died before you got there. <laughs> we don't know, but they are saving your butt now God, because this is so funky though. This is so funky. It's fan. This game is a gem, and this this track. I remember playing it the other day. I was fighting a boss who. Frankly, his loadout was not conducive to what my loadout was, and I was fighting him for like 40 minutes. That is not how the game is meant to work. That was a rare occurrence. <laughs> and the other time, battles are over in like three to five minutes, if if that. But it's such a good game. If so you've good. never played Dicey Dungeons, you are doing a disservice to yourself. Like, when I say this is probably one of the best indie games to drop 15 years. Wow. I am not lying. Like, every time I decide to just pick it up on a whim, I get addicted to it for like a week. Mm-hmm. And then I put it down, and I forget about it because, you know, the world's a sea of games. But then Reunion got announced. There's a hater give you a bunch of free content that's new. I'm like, 
I miss Dicey Dungeon. I'm gonna play it again. And I've been playing it for weeks. And you're sucked back into it. You were playing it. We were at a dinner at um, at my brother-in-law's, and like the, the the touch controls on the Switch were really smooth too. Mm-hmm. Like you were able to just like move the dice around and flick them around. I was eating dinner and playing two games at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is pretty cool. Yeah, this this is fantastic stuff. A Chipsel is an absolute beast with the Game Boy, also. Mm-hmm. Um, which brings us to my, to my next game, which is for the Game Boy. A classic, classic composer, Manami Matsume. This is uh, for the Game Boy. This is Vegas Stakes, and there's music mm, for <laughs> there's music for each casino um, that you can get to, and this is for, called the 2020, the 2020 Casino. Now we've played music from the 2020 Casino from the Super Nintendo version. They're very different sounds. Oh. Um, so this is the 2020 from Vegas Stakes for the Nintendo Game Boy, composed by Manami Matsume. Now I want stakes. Yeah, it's a little a little bit like Pac-Man getting killed, but like in a really funky way. <laughs> um, yeah, this is the 2020 from Vegas Stakes for the Nintendo Game Boy, composed by Nami Matsume. Mm, it's just something about like that that really aggressively um, synthesized breakbeat with just all those crazy sound effects going on. It's very stripped down, but it's a lot of fun. I'm just I'm just stuck on the word stakes. You came to my house so hungry. I really did. I didn't eat much today. I actually went to Wawa and ordered. I'm not going to go into too much detail for obvious reasons, but I ordered like their sausage and scrambled eggs bowl, and I have learned the hard way. I have to stop eating scrambled eggs that aren't made with almond milk. So it's just, just the way it is. Life happens. Scrambled eggs with almond milk. Yeah. That's how I make them at home. Okay. You would never know. All you would know is, damn, these are some good eggs. And I'm like, that's right. <laughs> I make some beastly eggs, um, but yeah, like I so I barely ate that. I didn't finish it, obviously. Uh, and then I had two sandwiches, like that I made with like you know sesame buns, like just cheese and chicken, like sliced chicken breast. That's all I had eaten today. And then I did my workout, and like oh, I gotta eat something, so I'm eating leftover dry ching sung chicken mm-hmm. from a Szechuan restaurant, and I love it to death. I'm sitting there eating like chili pepper seeds. Yeah, I see like a whole lot of peppers. 
Oh, yeah. Over there. I'm a man who likes spicy things. Though, as I also notice as I get older, it's getting harder to do, too. I bought Pringles. Mm -hmm. Pringles put out a series of Hot Ones potato chips based off of the Hot Ones TV show. Okay. They were limited edition because, of course, every freaking thing is, which is also why I bought them because I only eat limited edition chips now. You only I'm eat chips cook. if you can have them once and they're never made again. That's right, because I'm a gourmand. <laughs> no, so then afterwards you'd be like, so what's your favorite food? Well, it was limited edition. You can't get it anymore. <laughs> but there were these potato chips. They were fantastic. You can't you can't get them anymore. Hey, you joke, but what was it? <laughs> I, I hate that I'm admitting to this, but what was it? People talk about Girl Scout cookies with their favorite one, and I'm always the guy that's like, they're like, what's your favorite one? And I'm like, well, technically, my favorite one was discontinued. It's called Thank You Very Much. Thank you very much. <laughs> thank you very much. It was Thank You Very Much. It was a limited edition cookie they put out to celebrate like a milestone in the Girl Scout cookie age and i'm like i want these cookies they're so good <laughs> now I, I booked our hotel for connecticut based on the based on if there was a free continental breakfast that's a very good reason to do because it because oftentimes there isn't and it's like way more money because i'm like i don't usually eat that much like i'll eat if it's out there but i still i can't eat if it's like 15 dollars. i'm like that's a lot of breakfast or, a, yeah and the thing is it's even worse when they do the whole thing where they entice you like they don't tell you whether you get one or not but if you go up there in the morning to check and they got the lady at the counter all the foods on the Displaying like, oh boy, continental breakfast. You walk up and you're like, whoa, 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 whoa! Don't make me break your legs. So we're gonna do buy this. those plates. So I'm gonna sit down. I'm gonna, have, I'm gonna get some cereal with some bananas. You know, maybe a little something else. But we're gonna bring a Tupperware with us, right? And we're bringing, we're gonna get lunch out of this. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that would be the sort of thing I would say. Here you, know, you are. You're, you're being Captain Cheapskate. I thought that was my job. I'm just being a, a frugally minded for now. You know, <laughs> just, just, just watching out. I'm watching the podcast. Bottom line, <laughs> Lord Rob Frugal. <laughs> I'm sorry, frugal stone. But no, I'm excited about that. I don't know why. I, I like I like a big I like you know free big breakfast. It's kind of cool. And I like sneaking food into the theater. Yeah, we could do both. We can go see a movie while we're out there and sneak food in. <laughs> we'll Just, be hanging out with with all those all the podcast buddies. I am, that's I'm genuinely I'm looking forward. to. I wonder if we're gonna we should record a show while we're up there. We're gonna be doing so many well, shows. We are recording there. shows up there. I mean, we're doing two shows at the con, but I wonder if we're doing anything at like Ed's house or something. He, he he might. I don't know. I don't know. It should be just like a random riff round. Yeah, or something. exactly. Not even a real show. I, I think we should just do that. We should just do like um, uh, bonus content. Yeah, just talk NBC about random content. stuff. Yeah, yeah, that would be fun. I, I actually would prefer that. Yeah, like it wouldn't be a matter of riff okay. So this episode we're going to discuss Matsumi some Yokoshima Mura. I'm like no, no. How about like so? What is your favorite composer? Oh. Why did you choose them? You well, because they put some bass and clicks. You know how there's like on um, riff tracks where it's like it's mystery science theater, but you can like you turn on so you watch the movie and then you play the the podcast back so you can listen to them like make fun of the movie as it's playing. We listen to our own podcast. What and we do is we ourselves. is we go online and we find a let's play on YouTube of a game and then we riff we riff on the gameplay. That would be that's something I would do. Like because <laughs> the thing about it is that. First and foremost, anybody who knows me knows that everybody is all about just having fun and playing the game. But at the same time, I'm human, <laughs> and I have watched people, friends and foes alike, that are playing a game that I've played, and I'm like, why would you do that? Don't wait. No, don't go in that door. It's where the Terminator is. The nemesis is going to eat your face. You know. Well, we'll we'll use the Embassy Studio for our own purposes while we're up there. We got. We're <laughs> gonna be. I'm gonna be so. My voice is gonna be so dead by the time we get back. Anyway, we're on to your um your final track. Okay. So my last pick is from a game that maybe one other listener has ever heard of, and that's fine because hopefully more people will play this game. Then. So not me. You've never heard of this game. If you have, I'll be surprised. Uh, let's find out. Let's find out. Is it a newer game? 
Okay. Ooh, okay. It's not old either, but it's um, more like last gen. Last gen. This that, game is so it's new. <laughs> no, it's new. I live in a world where like every I get like new crap every week. I don't even know anymore. Uh, this game is from is called Children of Zodiacs, and the track title is called Cornered and Outnumbered. And this is produced, unfortunately, by like one of those like uh, sound composition boutiques. So it's just Vibe Avenue. Welcome back. You're listening to 
cornered and outnumbered from the game Children of Zodi Arcs, released on the PlayStation 4, composed by sound team Vibe Avenue. Uh, so this is a game that I didn't really pay much attention to when it first came out. Didn't even really think much about it. But uh, Matt, formerly from Rare Candy, got a hold of me one day. was like, hey, Purnell, you check this game out. This is 100% up your alley. I'm enjoying it. I know you'll like it, too. So, of course, I ended up looking it up after he suggested it. Immediately purchased it. And did the Purnell thing. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, you, you did not play it. I played a little bit <laughs> and got sidetracked. But now I'm playing it again because I remembered how awesome it is. So how does this fit in um, to the dice and to the gambling? Gam- Gambler. Gambler. I'll see him dead and defeated. Uh, so in this game, it's actually a strategy RPG. Um, you move from level to level and like skirmishes where you have movement range and attacks and all. But all of your attacks are cards. And all the card stats and like what you can play is determined by dice that you roll. Oh. You quit equip dice. Like your equipment is actually dice you equip. And each die has different die faces. So when you level up to a certain point, you unlock more dice slots. So eventually you're rolling like six or seven dice at a time. Mm-hmm. And you're getting die rolls that determine how much damage you do, how much defense you get. Uh, if you get an extra turn, uh, any special moves you can pull off. Like, so your card might have this one attack, but if you get the special roll, you'll get the added bonus effect to it. And it's it's good. Like, I like it feel, the yeah. combat. So, like, it's something to be said about you're fighting a guy. Yeah. He's got 15 hit points. Your card can roll for 13, but if you get the special bump, it'll do 16 damage. <laughs> so you're like, do I... You know, heal with the character because they're about to die. Do I heal myself just in case I screw up the die roll, or do I go for gusto? Do I go for the gold? It feels like a solid tabletop game. Yes. Yeah. And the game company is called like Cardboard something, Cardboard mm. Utopia. So, like, I think they were intended to be like, this is a card, a video game, or mm. board game mm. in a video form, but with all the narrative bumps and animations and all that good stuff. And I'm I'm down for that because even though I love playing myself some uh, board games. There are certain times where I'm like, you know, I'd rather play a video game of this. Gloomhaven, once you've gotten a taste of the video game version, you would never want to bother with the board game version yeah. if you can help it. Uh, Who's the publisher of 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 Scythe? I don't even remember. In a Scythe, and they also... I know there's a digital one. Yeah, and they also Was did... Asmodee, or... No, and then they also did the bird one. Birdemic. Oh, Stone Stonemire. Stonemire. Yeah, I feel like Stonemire makes games that were were more suited, almost more suited to a video game format. You know, well, the thing they, is, they feel, they feel I think it's tabletop. Where even though it, the app is very effective, effective and effective, yeah, efficient and effective, I'd rather play that on the table because it's, it's still, manageable. Yeah, it still feels video gamey to a way. Scythe is super video gamey. Um, like you're playing for a specific. Um, uh, trophies or, or for like achievements as you're going through the game, you know, and actually the way you move the pieces is like you're sort of doing like moving things and cool, not cooling down, but like I just it felt very, very video gamey to me in a way that oh, okay, this would work in that way. I can see a lot of mistakes humans can make during this play. You know? Well, think about like for yeah. me, like when I think of like better in a video game, like I feel like on a tabletop analog setting. Mm-hmm. The potential to make human mistakes is part of the package, right? Sure. And also, moving bits and pieces here and there, that's also part of the package. That's why you play them. You like moving bits around. Yeah. But you take a game like Gloomhaven and you, or Neuroshima Hex, if anybody's heard of that, uh, and you realize just how fiddly and how much setup the game requires just to get going. Mm-hmm. 
So to sit there and set the entire board up, put all the monsters down, get the monster cards, put them over there, doing the calculations every time you do a single attack, like all these different things, and then putting the game away. Yeah. It's like it's I lot. could do all that or I can just let the game say, I'm going there, and the game will move me there. I don't have to put the game out. The game's set up by pushing start, you know? So and also Gloomhaven is like a was like 150 bucks at one point. So that's yeah. another element. Yeah. I uh, think for me, there's so many um, things you have to do in Scythe that are like kind of like like in games. There's like a lot of choices you make, and then there's a lot of movements with pieces in the board, and then there's usually like accounting and cleanup where it's like, okay, I've done this, I've done this, and you're just doing things mechanically, yeah, just to keep track of stuff. There are so many things that you're only doing to keep track of stuff in Scythe that that's where there's there's so many potentials for mistakes there. Rather than just like, okay, I moved too many spaces over here. Or, but the game or, will tell you, you can't move that far. Yeah, exactly. It just to me, like it all kind of fits that way. And I, I think um, and I, I think the bird one, I can't, well, I can't think of the name anymore. So the thing is like with Wingspan, Wingspan though. Is, is a little a little bit in that way only because of, again, like the way the actions are set up on the board. That's why that thing was like, I got my cube, boom, resolved it. Boom. Right, yeah, the action cubes move around to keep track of, of your actions in the game. But, like, there's also, there's, again, a little bit more, it's, it's better than, than Scythe in that way. But, again, it's another another bookkeeping aspect that the players have to do for themselves. I got five eggs, Rob, and I'm putting them on these nests. No, at the end of the game, it's all eggs. <laughs> all eggs all the time. All Unless you're doing Oceana, apparently. Got to play that version. Oh, yeah, there's that, there's that one we got to try, the expansion. Anyway, no more expansions for now. We are at the part of the show that we call the bonus round. Wouldn't that also be an expansion, though? The bonus round expansion for the show. We add new extra content to an already jam-packed episode. <laughs> I like that. It's only um, four four ninety nine for the first minute. <laughs> Two ninety nine each additional minute. <laughs> oh, jeez. The, the bonus round is where we play covers and remixes and arrangements on our theme. Um, and I went a little off on this one since... As I was in Vegas, I, I was there the weekend or like the days after the weekend of Evo, and where they they Evo was that recently? Yeah, um, so that was so as of the, the time this episode comes out, I guess it was a few weeks ago. But um, but yeah, it, it had just been on, um, and uh, my conference was in the middle of the week, and it was in the same area too, the same the same casino, the same hotel that I was in, um, and it wasn't announced there, but they did have a lot of Street Fighter Six announcements there, mm-hmm. and and. Street Fighter tournaments, there's often a lot of gambling going on around matches. Oh, yeah. So I thought I would play some new music from Street Fighter VI. Was this the Kimberly theme? I'm not going to listen to the Kimberly theme. We're going to listen to the theme from Guile. This is Guile's new theme. Oh. This is called Sharpened Sonic. Does this theme go with everything? No. (laughs) (laughs) I have have a feeling the music in this new game is going to be divisive because it doesn't sound like video gamey and and a lot of these songs aren't trying to call back to the original music. It's doing something completely different. Hmm. So in a way that Street Fighter 3 was doing something on its own. So it's just got a whole new vibe. This is composed by Yoshia uh, Teriyama and this is from Street Fighter 6, Guile's Theme, Sharp and Sonic.
The Shredded Cheese Authority. No, that was Sharpened Sonic, Guile's theme, from Street Fighter VI, composed by Yoshia Teriyama. For all we Ooh. know, he could be a Shredded Cheese Authority. We don't know that. that the, the Shredded Cheese could go with everything. For now. <laughs> yeah, very different. Very different like vibe, style. I think the whole game is going to be completely different. Which is nice. I, I admittedly, though, because I mean, I guess maybe because it comes after the like, there's like Street Fighter Four, but I could totally see this track playing over a Street Fighter match. Yeah, yeah, but but for Guile, you know, it's very different. What is what are his other tracks like aside from his original one? They're usually remixes of the original. <laughs> well, there it is. <laughs> yeah, very very similar. All right, well, so what did you bring? What did you bring? You're making fun of my music. I'm not making fun of it. I'm just confused. I don't, I don't think I want to do this anymore. Fine. <laughs> Bob, I want to drink my Royal Farm sparkling water Mom, I want to go home. <laughs> so I kind of cheated a little bit, but nah. Um, this comes from the game Fortune Street. This is the final, uh, they call it the, he calls it the final boss drum cover, but I guess maybe that's what the game calls it. This is basically the track that plays when you're when someone's about to win the game if they get to the starting point before someone else can. Um, and this is done by 8-Bit Drummer. Now, here's the rub and why it's a cheat. This track is pretty much the final battle theme for Super Mario World, but it was remixed for this game. Oh, was it? <laughs> and then he's going to do his drum cover to it. So there you have it. Enjoy. You were just listening to the final boss drum cover theme from the game Fortune Street from the Nintendo Wii, uh, drummed out very, oh, yeah. very well, mind you, by the 8-bit drummer. Uh, for what I could tell, he did that on like a live stream or something? Yeah, he tends to do these things on Twitch, uh, so I guess it's twitch.tv slash the 8-bit drummer, uh, the number 8-bit drummer. The funny thing is like, I was looking for two other games before I stumbled across choosing to choose a track from this game. And on one of the two, he came up 
for something completely unrelated. I was like, wait a minute, who's this guy? I never heard of him. But when I went to look at it, it was just him on a live stream playing the game with the person. Like, oh crap, this I I want the music. I don't want the, the gameplay view. So I was like, okay, how about this game? I went looking mm-hmm. for Fortress Street. It's like, wait a minute. He covered music from this from Fortress Street. How wildly coincidental is that? Yeah, so he'll take like the original music, usually played off YouTube or something else, and then just drum over it. And like he's really, really good at it. And it's really, really fun to watch him because he gets super into it. Yeah, he does. Really, really. The fact they can keep up with this song because this is a fast drum. Yeah, he's yeah, and he was really like on point with the music too, like on the tempo. So he's really, really talented. So Fortune Street is a sort of game like I've mentioned on the show in the past. I'm sure, but to me, Fortune Street was the game that kind of fixed the Monopoly. Like it has, it's still Monopoly. You are pretty much going from spot to spot, you know, purchasing properties and then mortgaging them or getting paying, having people pay you if they land on your spaces. But you roll the dice, you get alternate routes you can take. Sometimes you have cards that can augment like where you go on the board. Um, and also, passing go is not simply passing go. You pretty much have to go like collect a bunch of symbols on the board. Oh, okay. In order to actually get back. So if you want to avoid a section, so long as you're okay with never passing go, you could <laughs> avoid that section of the board forever. You might go broke though. It looks like the music in the game is all from other Nintendo games. It is because it is a uh, well not all Nintendo games, just specifically Mario. Because Fortune Street is a combination of characters from Mario and Dragon Quest. Ah. So there's also drum Dragon Quest music in the game too. So it's I actually imported it for the Nintendo DS back in the day and printed out translations. <laughs> like translated instructions. So you play and through tra- it, yeah. yeah, translated menus, translated item descriptions, everything. Hmm. I was into this stuff. And then there's like, we're finally gonna release it in English on the wheels. Like, give me! I want it. Now buy it again. I, I will buy it again because now it's in English. So now, so you have an import Fortune Street somewhere in your house. Yes. Oh, that's pretty cool. I have the Fortune Street DS import. Mm. And I actually did make have play games with my friend TF and I. We used to actually do like link up games over it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, did you is... have to have translations too? Yep. None of us could read Japanese, <laughs> Rob. We were struggling, but it was a fun struggle. Well, for more information on the bonus round and on Purnell's struggle to read Japanese, <laughs> go to rhythmandpixels.com. We'll have links to our the artists about Bandcamps and SoundClouds and everywhere where you can get the music and support the artists. All right, thank you for... Thank you for joining us on episode 33-10 of Rhythm and Pixels. We're ending the uh, episode on the casino music from Persona for the Sony PlayStation. Like, uh, Purnell says he spent hours and hours in it. I absolutely did because I was obsessed with Revelations Persona, which I guess they didn't, kick that, they didn't keep that label for too long. Because <laughs> um, originally that was the they wanted to, they brought over Shin Megami Tensei games. This was the very first one they brought over, which was funny because technically it was a spinoff. Of them. I guess some would say, no, Revelations of Demon Slayer came after this. Anyway, the point is, this was supposedly the first Shin Megami Tensei game, even though it was a spinoff that came to the States, but they didn't want to call it Shin Megami Tensei. They wanted to give it a, a label that released the U.S. in some way in English. Mm-hmm. So they were like, we're going to call them a Revelations series. So it was Revelations Persona. And it sold very poorly. So when Persona 2 finally came out here after lots of fans begged and begged and begged, I was one of those fans. 
I asked. He was very annoying to their PR manager at E3 one year. <laughs> I was like, I got a pass. I'm here. Put Sky Gunner down. Where's my persona? Why did you not bring over Innocent Sin? And he was like, I was like, was it Hitler? It was Hitler, wasn't it? And he was like, well, kind of. So if anything, if you want to understand how how much of a brave new world this is as far as like game, things that are allowed in games, look no further than Persona 1 and Persona 2 because what was it? It's just me naming random stuff that were in the games that people were like, this is why they didn't want to release it here. The fans didn't care, but they were like, they thought it was worried about PR thing. It was like, the final boss of Innocent Sin was Hitler. Okay. Uh, you, there was like a, like there was like a, a lesbian relationship in the game, which mm-hmm. back then it was like stupidly taboo. Right. Why? I don't know. Um, they still had issues with the fact that one of the kids, he was like, well, he was black in our version of the game. But this version of the game, he comes back, but he's still white in this game. What do we do? I don't know. Long story, if you ever want to look at just a horrible localization, look up Revelations Persona. Probably one of the most terrible localization okay. jobs ever done, and I still love the game. <laughs> Good soundtrack. It's a great soundtrack. Great it's a soundtrack. great game. Well, well I mean, it was- let me rephrase that. Anybody who's played it would tell you it's a terrible game, but back then, when I was playing it, new I loved it. Well, I mean, I, I guess this is early days of localization, especially for such a Japanese title. Absolutely. Yeah. They had like names, Japanese names. They had to make like fake English names. Like, this is called the Smile Mall. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the Masa Ringden? Nah, nah. This is this is Cherry Court. <laughs> Just random stuff like that. Well, if you want to um, write into us and give us really fake English names, or if you have a track suggestion or a topic suggestion, the best thing to do is to send us an email. RhythmicPixels at Hotmail.com. And for a full track listing of this episode and of all of our episodes, you can go to the website. RhythmicPixels.com. We have a, um, a YouTube sta- YouTube radio station at YouTube.com slash RhythmicPixels. And there, there's a just 24-7, 8-bit and 16-bit music there. It's all curated by Pernell and myself. It's, eight, it's just deep cuts and... Um, and just classics. It's it's really fun. So go check that out there. We also have a Discord server. The link to the Discord server is at the top of the webpage, uh, rhythmandpixels.com. You can go in there and hang out with other listeners and other podcasters. And if you want to support the show, the best thing you can do is to tell people about it, share it on Facebook or Twitter or whatever. You can uh, hit the subscribe button. Um, you can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash rhythmandpixels. And as a member there, you get access to a monthly live streamed episode uh, it's once a month we record the show in front of a live stream. It's a whole lot of fun. There's a lot of visual jokes, and we we, we talk with everybody, and there's a lot of a lot of fun, a lot a lot of fun that goes on there. Um, as a member of Patreon, there's also a lot of other cool stuff you can get at different levels. You can get stickers and mugs and T-shirts, and there's a lot of additional extra content, and prequel episodes, all sorts of stuff. And at the end of every episode, we like to thank all of our members who are at the highest levels. So we'd like to thank Brooke and frankly Zappa, both of you, huge thumbs up. Thank you so from much. Thank you so, so much. Uh, I want to thank the number one. Number one. I want to thank GameFan44, Kristen, thank you so much. And Mike Myers and Tyrionator, Person, Vashon8060, Alex Messenger from AVGM Journey, a fantastic podcast. Andreas Milberg, Brian Pitt, Cameron Worma, Carlos, Kung Fu Carlito, from the Heroes 3 podcast. I am not shaving my eyebrows. Is he wants you to shave your eyebrows? Yes. It was a, it was a, it was a joke I, reference. I, if he listens to this, he'll hear it and go, oh, I remember telling I you. heard if you shave your eyebrows, you lose like five years. Like you, you look five years younger. No, that's a lie. Ten but, years younger. 
Now you look like you don't value your existence. You, <laughs> you, you self-remove your eyebrows. Just do it all, man. You look like uh, a cartoon character. <laughs> Just draw them back on. No, you look worse. I want to thank Chris Steenerson. Thank you, Chris Wisner, a.k.a. Musashi219. The wise guy. Thank you, Chris, Christopher Schenstrom. Thank you, Chuck Kowalski. Thank you, David Davy Cakes, David Taylor, uh, Enchilada Regal, Harold Howard, Triple Jeff, Justin Schneider from XVGM Radio, Keith Shusterman, Martyrus from ReVGM uh, Podcast. Uh, thank you to Dr. Michael Bridgewater. Thank you so, so much. Thank you to Rage Cage, host of the VGM Porium Podcast. Reinhardt Zelkova, Sleepy S'more, Steve Miller, Taco, Ed Wilson from the VG Embassy Podcast, and Zach Thorbach. Thank you all so much, all of you and many more, for supporting our show. We really, really appreciate it. Absolutely. All of you. And, and, That's a word. And again, and again, the, the many, many more who are supporting the show and our Patreon that goes towards uh, equipment, hosting, um, and travel costs to uh, you know to talk at conventions and to, to, to meet the people. If you're at Retro World, challenge me to Magical Drop Three. Yeah, we'll be. I uh, hope. Will they, will they have Magical Drop Three? That's the hope. We'll bring, bring it. We'll bring it with us. Bring, no, bring, we don't. Wait on what console? Bring your copy. What? Or what? My import PS One copy? Yeah, that really makes sense. We'll make a copy of that. That won't even work. <laughs> that makes sense. Just pirate it, and we'll bring it. Let's just hope they have a Neo Geo cabinet. That but, has it on there. But yeah, um, so the end of this month. So we're saying August uh, 27th and 28th in Hartford, Connecticut. Uh, Pernell and I will be at Retro World Expo um, alongside a bunch of other cool guests who are way cooler than us. Yeah, unfortunately. For now. For now. Once we steal their essence and become them. There's a lot of other podcasters. Um, Jeremy Parrish is going to be there. Really? He hosts... Um, uh, he used to write for a game magazine. Yeah, that name rings a bell. Uh, one up. He used to write for One Up and there a bunch of other stuff. He has a great YouTube series called NES Works and Genesis Works and a bunch of other stuff. He's like more of a gaming historian. He's a really cool guy. Okay, um, and he hosts a podcast. Makes me wish he could be on our show. That'd be which I listen to, and I'm going to tell you the name of it as I pull up my app because I can't remember it. <laughs> We're getting old, Rob. Re- Retro Knots. It's called Retro Knots. It's a fantastic. Oh yeah, show. I've heard of that show. Probably because I've talked about it. Um, so check us out there. And also, um, at the end of this month, we'll be doing our live streamed episode. Um, it's probably going to be either on Did August. Did we choose a topic? Not yet. It's going to be either August 31st or September 1st. One of those days is going to be our next Patreon episode. We have, don't have a topic yet, but we will uh, release the topic and information about that on our Instagram and on Discord and, and everywhere else. So you'll, you'll hear all about it. And we on our next to, episode. We should try to choose one by the end of the week. Just gotta think. Gotta think. Think, Brunel. Think. <laughs> what do the kids like? Think. Think. TikToks. Think. Think. TikToks. They like flaming hot Cheetos. Think. Well, everyone uh, likes flaming hot Cheetos. They're so darn good. Uh, if you're a rapper with uh, the the name Lil in front of it, Lil Lil Cheeto, Lil Lil, Lil, Lil flaming hot Cheeto. I will never. Lil, Lil flaming hot Cheeto X. Why? Ne- I will never X-Y. understand why that became a thing either. I don't get it. <laughs> Little snack treat. <laughs> Little biscuit. See, little it's, shoe show. It's little because there's nothing little about us. <laughs> Did you get it? Did you get it? Anyway. Little um, Trisket. We'll see you next week. Um, we uh, should rec- we think we're recording, what, three more days? <laughs> yeah, very soon, actually. <laughs> we should pick we it up. We got a couple of tips. <laughs> Another topic. So, um, but yeah, is there anything else we wanted to mention on the show? I don't think so. 
Summer Game Challenge. Start playing more games. Yeah, play more games. Those are fun conversations. I like hearing people talk about the games they're playing through, knocking out. That's right. For every game you complete this summer, you get another star on your sticker. And if you turn in five stars, you get a personal pan pizza from Purnell. Actually. The PPP. Let's be honest here. That would be fun. I would honestly do that. I would legitimately sponsor. You'll sponsor the pizzas? Well, I I guess so. Yeah, like if it'd be with the listeners I trust. As in, that's a random person. Like, I beat 25 games. Like, get the heck out of here. But, like, yeah, I'm not even going to make that. Yeah, I would told, I would send you. Right. Well, and, maybe not send you, Mark. I'd give you credit to, like, Domino's. all of our listeners collectively can complete 100 games, then we're going to take them all out on a field trip to Dutch Wonderland. Dutch Wonderland. <laughs> Disclaimer, you won't want to go to Dutch Wonderland. <laughs> They, they've changed, man. They've changed. They've gotten dinkier. Yeah. Now you got to be four foot nine to ride the roller coaster. <laughs> anyway, thanks everybody for listening to the show. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. Have a good week. And remember, gambling, if this is me, let's be real. I'm not doing it because I like my money too much. But uh, with that said, if you're playing games with friends and you just want to you know, throw, make it a little spicier, a little more interesting, or heck, even if you do just have the need to go to, I don't know, Atlantic City and just feel the rush of pocket dice or whatever people want to, the people want to call them. Just know that uh, addiction is real. Uh, stupid decisions are real. Come with an amount of money you're willing to lose in mind and keep your credit card and your bank account away from your pockets. Yeah, this is legitimate real advice that a counselor would give you. Uh, I would know because a counselor totally would have said that to me. But anyway, the point is... <laughs> Don't be stupid about gambling. I don't want to hear anybody writing into the show talking about how they they just put their house up for sale because they had to you know refinance it or whatever to pay off their gambling debts. We like you guys too much for that. Have a good night. <laughs>